Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Welcome. Today we welcome you to Jonah Research Radio. In today's show, we are welcoming Cindy Rushton, representing the research team to answer some questions about Jonah. She's going to share with us what the research team found as they were researching under references to Jonah in the Old and New Testament. We have a big show ahead. Let's dig in. Welcome, Cindy. Jeff, I'm happy to be here. Uh, We have a super topic today, and I'm really excited to be here. We certainly do. So tell me, why is it important for someone to look beyond the book of Jonah, or any book of the Bible for that matter, when studying a portion of Scripture? That's a super question. You know, there's a lot of information and wisdom, understanding, insight that's missed apart from looking at other passages of Scripture when studying Um, any one passage of scripture. So it gives us the context. It gives us insight into the meaning of the original um, passage of scripture um, and the original audience. Um, It gives us the meaning for us today. And, you know, it gives us proper exegesis. It even gives information that may be left out of the passage that's being studied. You know, John is a perfect example of this. Many Bible scholars have many questions about the book of Jonah because the original writer left out information that, you know, we want to know today. You know, when studying this passage of Scripture, the culture, the original audience, the overall message, we see that the information that we want was not relevant to the authenticity of the book or the message. But what was written is, first and foremost, what the author wanted to communicate, and secondly, not loaded down with information that would distract us from the message. With that being said, the supporting verses of Scripture are very helpful for giving us context, deep insights, meanings um, that are accurate, and proper application, proper exegesis, and a wealth of information that is just left out of the passage. So we want to make sure that we access as much information in the Word that we can access. Now, with this being said, you can also see how important it is for each of us to become lifetime students of the Bible because it helps whenever we just open up any one book of the Bible for us to be able to see and remember, hey, this is similar to what was said here, or this makes sense because that person was living at the same time. It just helps us to be able to understand and plug together the information, the wisdom, the understanding, the insight that would be missing if you didn't have those other passages of Scripture. Absolutely. Very helpful. This can really open up the passage. You mentioned that there are passages of Scripture in the Old and New Testament that reference Jonah. Where is he referenced, and how is that significant? 
Jeff, that is an excellent question. Well, you know, we see several passages that reference Jonah directly. We even see some possible allusion or foreshadowing in other passages of Scripture. Um, our team, our research team, noticed a few passages in particular. We see references that are in 2 Kings 14, verses 25 through 27. We see um, a passage in Matthew 12, verses 38 through 41. We see a passage in Matthew 16, verse 4. We see a passage in Luke 11, 29 through 32. Um, we also see a possible allusion or foreshadowing in Psalm 139, verses 9 through 10. And in addition, there are other references to, in other books of the Bible that give us kind of the information about events, the culture, or other props prophets and leaders that were surrounding the life of Jonah, or that give us an insightful background into the original audience. Now, this is significant for several reasons, because first of all, we see historical context. In the book of Jonah, the writer does not appear to be concerned with those historical details. There's a lot of that that's left out, and it leaves, again, a lot of people very frustrated because they don't get the information that they would like to hear and read and learn about. But the details found in other passages of Scripture are really helpful and even essential for many who lack the details, um, or many books of the Bible that lack the details, and, for those, for, and, and that that can be a hindrance to so many people in understanding the passage or even believing the accuracy of the Bible. So this really helps for that reason. Another is it's significant because with this usage in other places, our understanding and interpretation of the passage is enhanced and confirmed and expanded. In addition, we see cultural application, which also in turn gives us biblical modern-day application for our own lives. And we always see so much more about God and his ways, his character, and his will. That is very interesting. Can you explain this even more? Absolutely. This is so important. When studying a passage like Jonah, where the writer does not include information that we may want to know, um, so, such as more historical or scientific information, especially Jonah, we're talking about a fish. So everybody says, well, what fish? What kind of fish? How could the fish do this? And they go on with myriads of questions. Or the historical inference here, where you're you're not finding out um, who was the king, what was the king's name. These are some, some things that can become an obstacle to people. But here, when you have other passages of scripture to validate, first of all, that Jonah was a real person, and that the the, the and and help validate the historicity of the information, so that we can begin to look at the passage with correct interpretation. Um, for example, okay, say so when we are looking at the different passages outside of Jonah, we can truly see even more historical context. It's important to remember that the Bible was not originally written in the format that we have. It did not have chapters and verses. The original audience had a lot more information and a lot of heritage that we miss today. A great example of the book of as uh, in, in the book of Jonah, as I explained a bit ago, the writer's not concerned with historical details. If we look at Jonah from our modern-day perspective, where we fact-check everything, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and we jump on Google demanding details for anything that we study. And I know I do this. I get it. But we have so much more information 
that we truly do have to discern details. And we miss that the original audience and the actual message of Jonah would be completely missed if the details that we tend to demand today were actually included. I can only imagine the volumes and the story of, the, of that story um, that this story would require if it included answers to everything we would like to see included. So taking a look at other passages of scripture that reference Jonah or the culture or the history surrounding the book of Jonah is very helpful and it's even essential um, for this passage or other passages of scriptures that we may find lack detail. It's a great discipline for us as we study the words to be able to look and see what else we can find that kind of gives us more information. It's, and and, and that, when we do that, it removes a hindrance to our understanding the passage. Um, team member Christopher Pullen notes, that the author of Second Kings did not interpret the book of Jonah, but he gave insight into who Jonah was, where he was from, when he served as a prophet, and what he did. This validated Jonah's existence as a real historical figure, and was noted during a that was noted during a specific time. This not only um, this was not only the, the only validation to Jonah as a historical character. But Jesus himself validated Jonah and his message. Team member Tina Stewart shared an important insight about this. In Luke 11, 29-32, Jonah's message was affirmed by Jesus. The message that Jonah delivered revealed that salvation is for everyone. Jonah was interpreted as a sign from God. Um, team member Arthur Wyatt notes, some reasons that this is important when he says, God is on a quest to forgive people and reconcile them to himself. A prophet named Jonah, son of Amittai, is mentioned in Second Kings fourteen um Second Kings fourteen twenty five. If this person is the prophet of Jonah, the book is set in the eighth century BC before Nineveh directly threatened Israel. God called Jonah to ministry, and God gives Jonah a ministry to the Gentiles and even Nineveh. God impressively uses Jonah to bring some of the both the soldiers and the Nineveh, I'm sorry, the sailors and the Ninevites in this narrative to a yielding humility. This is important because Jonah is not just another story. He, this, the, the book of Jonah is not a parable. Jonah is a historical narrative featuring a genuine historical figure that is mentioned in other scriptural references, even by Jesus. The, these passages of scriptures give us much more insight than merely looking at the book of Jonah alone. And they not only validate the authenticity of the book as a historical narrative, but they also apply the message that is imparted and show how that message is applied in other scripture. That makes sense. It is difficult to get the true meaning without full counsel of the whole Bible, isn't it? Yes. And this brings us to another point that I mentioned earlier. Usage of Jonah in other scriptures is also significant because with this usage in other places, our understanding and interpretation of the passage is enhanced, confirmed, and expanded. One of our research team members, Tina Stewart, shares it confirms that Jonah is about more than just a man being swallowed by a giant fish. It's not about the fish, she says. Jonah was sent on a mission to share God's word about salvation to Gentiles, to those who were the furthest from God, to the people of Nineveh. Um, Christopher Pullins 
shared with our research team incredible insight on the usage of Jonah. He says this usage of Jonah con um, connection tells us that Jonah was a prophet for Israel when Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, was king. He was from Gath-Hemper. Um, he served probably in the first half of the 8th century. And he prophesied that Jeroboam too would restore some of Israel's boundaries, and it happened. In short, Jonah was a prophet under a wicked king to an oppressed Israel who spoke the word of the Lord, which the Lord brought to pass. Cicely Simmons, who is also one of our research team, took a look at Matthew 12, 38-41 for the research team. She shares, um, and she said, here we see Jesus answers using the sign of Jonah to illustrate a time frame and process that will take place, his death and resurrection. He states that he is greater than Jonah, and this act will have greater impact, for he, meaning Jesus, had come to save the world. Again, showing compassion on all mankind, not just the priests or the believing Israelites. Team member Arthur Lyle also looked at how Jesus used Jonah when he was dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Arthur says, this, says it this way. He says, yes, this story can be interpreted and told to others. In Matthew 16, 4, unlike Luke 11, 29-32, there's a demand in according to Matthew's writing that came about when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test Jesus. Jesus' response to the Pharisees and Sadducees can be found in Matthew 16, 4. The words Jesus used on those who were testing him reflects their attitude of arrogance and selfishness. In their town, this would be considered a shameful action on their part because they could not remember, honor, and also they had failed in teaching and reverting what is at heart of the at the heart of Jonah's message. Jonah's message is about the sovereignty of and the mercies of Yahweh. Jonah is the sign from God who is willing and able to redeem souls. Even Psalm 139 is a beautiful passage to consider alongside of Jonah. Research team member Cicely Simmons shares insights. She says, in David's psalm, David gives reference to God's unending reach. There is now where he, there is nowhere where he cannot, I'm sorry, there is nowhere he cannot go, and he is, or, or where he is out of sight or reach of God's wrath or grace. According to Joseph Addison Alexander, verse 9 says, if I take, if, if take wings in the morning, the point of comparison appears to be incalculable velocity of light. It's incalculable, meaning it cannot be measured. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere and in everything. There's no getting away from him. She says that Henry Smith said, when we think that we fly from God and running out of one place and into another, we do but run from one hand to the other. So there is no place where God is not. She says in verse 10, we see that David expresses God's kindness and never changing heart. He cares for us, and we are always within his care, protection, and guidance. Like Jonah, David speaks of God's sovereignty and omnipresence. That is very helpful. It seems that this enables the reader to apply the scripture much more accurately. 
Oh, exactly. We see cultural application, which also gives us biblical modern-day application. This is a super question, Jeff. Actually, the entire research team shared excellent applications. I'd love to share them. First is an application by Tina, Tina Stewart. She said, and, and I believe that this applies to all of us today, it, would bring, it should bring us to a place of conviction and eager response to God today. She was sharing how we have access to so much today. Yet the people of Nineveh had one simple message from a reluctant, rebellious prophet. I love how she said this. Tina says, today we have unlimited resources available to us far less than what the people of Nineveh had. Bibles are easily accessible. Literally, we can have the Bible at our fingertips. We have eyewitness reports of miracles and of Jesus' resurrection. Our response to Christ should be more concrete, and we should be more willing to put all of our hearts into the relationship with God than most of us do today. The people of Nineveh required far less than what we have today to repent and follow him. All of the evil men of Nineveh had all, all the men of Nineveh had was the word of a man who said he was swallowed by a fish. <laughs> that just tickles me. Um, and if you think about that, we have got so much more. And so the the I think that it puts us in a place where we really have to answer what are we going to do with what we have because we have got all this proof. We do have the full counsel of the word. Um, this brings me to another application for today. Um, well, actually for then and now. Um, Christopher Pullen, who is a team, member of the research team, he shares his application to the culture then and now. And he says, this tells us that Jonah himself was surrounded by injustice and that he wanted to see God shill out some justice. He was tired of seeing people do wrong and get away with it. For our modern context, it's important to remember that hurt people hurt people. When we're hurt, we don't want to give forgiveness, and we don't want God to forgive either. But Jonah's story tells us that even in those times, God wants to be merciful and forgiving for those who would repent. We need to learn to get past our own personal feelings about a situation and trust that God will bring about what is best. If we want to be forgiven, we must forgive. And that's according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 15. Now, Cicely, Cicely Simmons um, shares an incredible insight and application. She's also a member of our research team. And she says, no sinner can judge another's sin. It is the sinner who has been forgiven that can be the light to those still in the world. When we play our rightful position as servant, the only position that we have, we provide evidence that God is real. When we share honestly who and what we are, we give permission to our fellow man to, to get in position. We share the peace that comes with doing the right thing because we can identify with the chaos and the trouble of doing our own will. We should not be threatened by others who may not believe, but provide a good example of God working in and through us. God changes the hearts of people, and we can only bring people to Christ by attraction rather than promotion. Doing what God wants for us to do is not always easy. However, when we look at his way, we see he changes us from the inside out. When we judge others and condemn, 
condemn them, we must know that if we are worthy of his blessings and mercy, then so is our fellow man. This is not easy when we look at all the craziness and blatant, horrible tragedies in today's world. But our God is sovereign, a sovereign God, and he will make everything right. The humbling conclusion is that we all stand in judgment one day, and we will want God to have mercy. I love this. And as a matter of fact, this totally goes along with the whole lesson of we want God's mercy, and we are, are called to be like him and show mercy. And I just love this. Thank you, Cecily. Also, Arthur Lyle, he also gave a wonderful application. He's one of the researchers team members, and he says, he beckons us to see ourselves as Jonah to our own city, our own town. Does he not get down to the nitty-gritty? He shares, in order for us in our town to know how this applies today, let's look at Jonah as if we were looking at ourselves. Jonah has been called to take a message to a people he was prejudiced towards. Now, when Jesus was sent to the Father, he, Jesus, came to save the lost, and Jonah ran away in disobedience to Yahweh's call for him. Jonah, to warn a nation, the Ninevites, of their demise, if they, they did not turn from their evil and adulterous ways. But by Jonah's deliverance of the message, he was given, it afforded 120,000 people, along with all their cattle, to repent and draw nearer to Yahweh. You see, in our town, we can be reminded of what Jesus had to say to Peter one day. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. I'm reminded of what a colleague once stated. He says, our response to Christ should be more than concrete, and we in our town should put all of our hearts into a relationship with Almighty Yahweh. We must not stray from our fidelity with Christ as did Jonah, for we are the Jonas in our town. And we are the Jonas in our town. The question is truly, how will we respond? Will we step up to the call? Yes, this is great. Thanks so much for your interview. We appreciate you being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Jeff. This was a delight being here today, and it was a delight being a part of this show. Thank you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.